Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Happy New Year! This is our first episode for 2024, and today we'll be discussing Netflix's 294th film from 2020. It's the romantic thriller Rebecca, directed by Ben Wheatley. It stars Lily James, Army Hammer, Kristen Scott Thompson, Thomas, Keely Hawes, and Dowd, and Sam Riley. I'm Jesse, I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. As always, if you haven't seen this film and you're keen on checking it out, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because we will spoil this film at various stages. And we kick off with our fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a young woman who ups her life by marrying a rich man and moves to his mansion, which still holds memories for all involved of his dead wife. <sighs> Intriguing. This is this is a, a big film. This is a big story. This is a very well-known story. So most people would have seen or, or read this story at some stage in their lives. Let's talk about how this one ended up on Netflix, I guess. So it is based on the 1938 novel titled Rebecca by Daphne de Maurier. There was a 1940 film version and, and many other versions, but this 1940 version directed by Alfred Hitchcock won Best Picture at the Oscars. So that's the one that most people would be familiar with. This film here, it was announced back in November of 2018 that Lily James and Army Hammer were going to star in the film. It was going to be directed by Ben Wheatley and Netflix would distribute the film. Filming began on the 3rd of June 2019. Some locations, so in Cranbourne Manor in Dorset and Heartland Quay, Key in Devon were used for filming in July of 2019. In total, Rebecca was filmed at six different manors or estates. Along with Cranbourne, we had Hatfield House for interior hallways, Mapperton for Mandalay's Back Garden, which is open for the public sometimes to visit, unlike the manor. Um, it was also filmed at Loosely Park for Mandalay's Staircases, Pentworth House for one of the corridors full of marble statues and paintings, and lastly, Ostley Park for Mandalay's Kitchen. The bedrooms of the former and the new Mrs. De Winter were both sets. Filming wrapped on the 9th of August 2019. After release, this was the most watched film on Netflix in its first two days of release before finishing second over the weekend. It was out of the top 10 by the following weekend. In November of 2020, Variety reported that the film was the 11th most watched straight to streaming title of 2020 up to that point. Just as in the book and the previous movie adaptation, Rebecca from 1940, directed by Hitchcock, the new Mrs. De Winter is never given a first name or a maiden name, whilst the late Mrs. De Winter is constantly referred to by hers. All right, let's um, look at the translations around the world. In Portuguese, it's called Rebecca, the Unforgettable Woman. Don't mind that one. Chinese, it's called Butterfly Dream. Not a big fan of that title. <laughs> um, and Hungarian, I like this title, The Lady of Manderley House. So all very good titles. This one was re released on a limited theatrical run from the 16th of October 2020 before hitting Netflix on the 21st of October 2020. This cost about $18 million to make, so not too bad. Um, it had three nominations at award ceremonies over this, this uh, time. It was nominated for Best Production Design at the BAFTAs, Sequel or Remake That Shouldn't Have Been Made at the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, so a bit of a, a not a good nomination there, and it was nominated for Best Production Design for an International Studio Feature Period Piece at the British Film Designer Guild Awards. It was also on the Reframe Top 100 Most Popular Narrative and Animated Feature list as well. What are the critics and audiences saying about Rebecca? On Rotten Tomatoes, sits at a 38%. That's pretty dismal because this is on 233 reviews. That is very rotten. The audience, pretty much the same at 39%. That's on more than 500 ratings. IMDb, similar, sits at 
six out of 10 on 46,000 ratings. Letterboxd, a lot more people have logged it on here. It sits at a well, 303,000 ratings, been logged by 420,000 people. So a lot of people have seen this film. Um, Metacritic, again, not too good in the yellow on both ends. What are my thoughts on this one? Um, I mean, I watched this when it came out on Netflix in 2020. It didn't, I, I wasn't a big fan of it when I saw it because I had great fond memories of the Hitchcock version um, because a friend, a close friend of mine introduced me to that Hitchcock version and it still stays in my mind. I mean, I watched this again for this show. My thoughts have maybe improved a little bit, but not too much. So it's not a great film, really. Um, let's talk about the characters. So the characters, Mrs. De Winter, uh, she suffers under her employer, Mrs. Van Hopper. She, she has to do whatever she's told. Her parents are dead. She wants to travel, so this is like her chance. She knows a lot about cars because of her dad, so that's that connection there. And she sees the freedom in falling for Maxim, um, but doesn't really understand his world and is sort of stuck in trying to live up to a dead woman, his wife. And, and she's sort of shown as like this goddess, someone that everyone loved. She's too nice in this version of the film. She's meant to be self-motivated in wanting to live in Mandalay, the, the house, the mansion. And the opening voiceover tells us this, but she's too bubbly throughout. So that's why it doesn't really work. Um, <clears throat> Maxim, Maxim De Winter, he's, he's obviously handsome. He's rich. He's lonely. He's obsessed with this memory of his, life, of his um, wife, Rebecca. The first half of the film, he's happy because he's spending time with the future Mrs. De Winter. Then the second half, it's just like he turns into an asshole because Mandalay is more than a house. It's his life and, and he can't get over this grief of Rebecca and what she's done to him. So uh, it was hard because I don't think the characters were fleshed out how they should be. The other characters and, and the character that stands out is obviously Mrs. Danvers. Danny, she protects that memory of Rebecca. Um, she's someone who's known her since she was a child. She's not really a villain though. She's, you know, her motives are clear and some say, some may say uh, are justified. The only real character in this film uh, and good performance there as well. The other two characters that are sort of in and around, we've got Jack, he sort of rocks up to get some info from Mrs. De Winter and then just arrives at the end to drop some news about her being his cousin and she needed to see him and she was killed, blah, 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 that sort of stuff. And then Frank, Frank's a big character who's supposed to be a support for Mrs. Winters. He's the estate manager. He's not in it enough. And he does play a bit like, it's nice the moments that he is in the screen, but he's not in it enough. Um, the director, Ben Wheatley, 25 directing credits, um, segments of that ABCs of Death um, anthology film, done two episodes of Doctor Who, that film High Rise that some people may remember, and, and most recently, The Meg 2. So a couple of big credits there as well. What are, what are some scenes that I enjoyed in this one and some things I didn't? So a couple of things I liked. I think the conversation in the hut where Maxim finally explains more about Rebecca to Mrs. De Winter. That was good. That, that was good. I liked that that conversation. And I also liked uh, Mrs. DeWinter going to the doctor's office and finding out that Rebecca wasn't pregnant but had cancer. I liked that, that as well. Obviously, I knew the reveal and things like that, but I liked those scenes. Things that I didn't like. I think Mrs. DeWinter talking about cactuses. They go to this like park on this date in Europe and you know, how she learns everything she knows from books. I just thought, a bit, you know, it just wasn't really interesting. The same with when, you know, they, they're in this park and her and Maxima looking through these binoculars and they're just seeing, like, people having sex on a boat. Why? Like, it just was random. And then they go down to the beach and they go in the water and and she goes for a swim and he's super hesitant and, and you know why he's afraid. You understand that. But he just finally goes in the water. It would have been more impactful and make more sense if he refused completely. And that would have added more illusion to his character. Um, the black ghost thing that Mrs. DeWinter sees in the sky twice. 
just rubbish. This, this film's not about a ghost. It's about the presence. It's about the, the house. Um, I don't know. I just didn't think... That, and they were really poorly CGI created as well. The grandma. The grandma rocks up, Granny, and she goes on about um, her not being Maxim's wife and not remembering her and, you know, what have you done with Rebecca? It didn't add any intrigue. It was just like a random scene. Maxim cracks it at his wife when he finds out that she met with the cousin Jack just felt unnecessary and that whole ball thing that set up to at the ball uh, it was just you know it just wasn't impactful i guess because maxim tells her you know the the whole idea was a mistake and that he should never have brought her here and walks off and it was just really poor because then the next scene she's pretty much sucking up to him straight away and I don't know, just didn't the reveal and, and obviously this is all done through Danny and, and her manipulating the situation. It just wasn't done very well. So a little bit a little bit frustrating. Uh, themes, ideas. This is obviously about past lives, about memories, about the dead having revenge or, or secrets, and that idea too of loneliness. Um and and work, you know, that idea of love too, I guess. The idea that it's worth walking through flames for love that you see in this uh, fire at the end of the film as well. Um what did I take away from this film? Mandalay, the house. It's meant to be a character that links closely to Rebecca. It just wasn't there. I mean, the only thing we sort of saw throughout this film is a whole bunch of stuff in the house having the letter R on it. And that doesn't count. The This film is about that house and and that link to Rebecca and, and how that's meant to make um, the new Mrs. De Winter feel. And I just, I don't know. It, it was missing a lot, this film, for me. Um, questions, ponderings. Maxim sleepwalks in this film. It's mentioned, it's seen, but it's not really explained. It's just pointless. Any, any, anyone have any other interpretation of that? I, I don't understand it. Um, I'm ready to wrap this up. I, I probably didn't dislike it as much as I remembered, but it still compiles in comparison to the Hitchcock version. The characters, they're just not developed enough to work, except Mrs. Danvers. Um, uh, I, I'm sort of like, yeah, I liked it a little bit more. My original rating when I watched it in 2020, I gave it a two out of five. I think I'll bump it up to a two and a half out of five. Still not a great film. I mean, it looks okay at times, but it's just not really there. It's missing so much. So very frustrating for me. We're on socials. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. And we've got X, formerly known as Twitter. Jump on. Give us a follow. Give us a like. The question for this week's episode is, have you watched the Hitchcock's, ver have you watched Hitchcock's version? It's such a good film. I highly recommend it. Watch it. Think about it. And then be like, think about how much better it is than this film. Um, you know, and, and there's so many good stories about Hitchcock his first film that he's come over to make in America and the issues that he had with the, the idea of censorship and things he could show on the screen at this stage. It's just got such a good story, such a good history, and just such a better film than this one, unfortunately. All right, we're back next week. Next week, we've got a film from 2020. It's a Norwegian film. It's a psychological thriller horror called Kadava. Or Kadava. <laughs> um, it's, it's got a K in the Norwegian title, but in English, Kadava. Um, it's directed by Jaron Hendel and stars Git Wit. Thomas Gulstad and Thorborn Ha. Give that a watch. Check it out. We'll see what it's like next week. As always, thanks for joining me.